Welcome, friends, to episode 75 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Sally Joe, who traveled for the first time solo from Paris to Switzerland and ended her trip in Italy. It's always been a dream of mine to travel, and seeing her get after it and going solo pushes me further to do the same. We often hold ourselves back from presumptions, fears, the what-ifs, or maybe it's not the right time. And not just for travel, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe there's something that you've always wanted to do, but you just didn't. Well, for me, meeting people and listening to their stories who have or are grasping what it is that excites them is very revealing of not just their nature, but my own. You can check out photos from her trip on Instagram at Lonesome O Dove. I'll leave that in the show notes. And if you'd like to support the show, please rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, wherever you happen to listen to this shit. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, you can also go and pick up a flat bill on the website. All right, without any further ado, This is my friend Sally. Sally, uh, you just got back from traveling across Europe? Yes. Yes, I did. So what made you get into traveling? Is that your first time uh, in doing international travel? Yeah, so it was actually my first time traveling um, pretty much in general. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> haven't been out of the state much, um, just like on a couple little like school trips back in college and high school. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of thought about this before. Like, when I was planning my trip, like, what am I going to tell people when they ask me, what made you want to go to Europe? And I felt so stupid because my first reaction was, I literally woke up one morning and I thought, you need to go to Europe. So, I did. (laughs) I bought my ticket and it just kind of spiraled from there. Um, And everyone, I didn't tell anybody for a while. I told, like, a couple really close friends, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I think I'm going to do this. And they're like that's awesome. And I was like, okay, good reactions, good reactions. But I knew what was coming. Like Mm -hmm. my family is not a traveling family. Oh really? They do not. Like we camped growing up Mm -hmm. every weekend, camping woods every weekend. Um, but we never traveled out of the state and I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Nobody's left the country (laughs) except for me now. None of my family has either. (laughs) Yeah. So like me being the youngest of three kids going out of state and country, by myself was just like I knew the reaction was going to be really bad. <laughs> so I kind of kept it to myself for a while um and I just kind of took off with it was that difficult for you to do um did you, is it is your family's like approval really important to you um I would like to say that it's not like mm-hmm. the stubbornness in me is just like <laughs> no nah, I don't care but um, <laughs> I really do I do care about their approval mm-hmm. I just 
I'm still going to do the things that I want because mm. I've, I've let it hold me back from a lot mm-hmm. in my life. Um, so I've kind of learned to like overcome that little portion of it. But Was there like a moment in your life where you realized that you kind of had to assert your independence in that, in that way? Definitely. What was that moment? Uh, so I was the first one to go to college in mm-hmm. my family and my parents told me that in my senior year I was applying for scholarships and I got my acceptance letter and I was like, all right, let's do this. And I was super stoked and I was planning everything out. And then my mom looked at me and I think it was like, I was about to graduate. Like I was a month away mm-hmm. from graduation, like planning what dorm I'm living That's in exciting. You know, the whole bit. And she just looked at me and said, you're not going Oh. And I kind of lost it. <laughs> I think I, I think I just kind of stood there. Like, mm-hmm. did that just come out of your mouth? <laughs> and, then, um, and then she's like, "Yeah, no, you're not going. Mm-hmm. Why would you think you're going?" Oh wow! And I was like, "Because I, I, because I'm going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to college. Mm-hmm. How can you tell me that I'm not going to college?" So I kind of. I lost it a little bit, and I was like, nope, 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 that's not happening. Yes. <laughs> and then I got super down myself, like I always do, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, she said I can't do it, so I can't do it. And then I thought, no, you're, it's college. Your mm-hmm. family can't tell you that you're not going to college. You're yeah. going to make this yourself. You're going to do this yourself. You're going to go. You're going to get a degree. You're going to mm-hmm. do what you want to do because you know it's best for you. Yeah. So I did it. <laughs> so I did it. And actually, it's, like, terrible, but I... I went for three years. Um, I studied biology and chemistry, mm. and it was rough. It was it rough as in very difficult, or did you realize you didn't want to? You both, didn't like that. Both. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was for me with computer sciences. Yeah. And I had to realize that I had oh, to do man, it's eight rough. math courses, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. I for I think it was two years straight. I just had biology, chemistry, and math, like back to back. All my classes. That was all my classes. I finished all my English classes. Like I did honors in high school. So I had that all out of the way. And then, and then it was just chem, bio, and math. And I hated it. Mm -hmm. And then I had this one chem teacher that I swear he was like the riddance of me leaving. (laughs) Like it was so bad. I feel bad, but I don't because he was terrible. Mm -hmm. The class average was like 20%. Whoa. And I was like, you know, if this is your class average, maybe this is. (laughs) Well, that's the thing I find like I even with my son, right? And Mm. myself in uh, school, it's like teachers can literally make or break a subject and how they convey it. And they're entertainers at the end because if they're not delivering it in a captivating way, like uh, Mm -hmm. then the retention rate goes down and you're literally like crafting people's idea of what things are like a lot of people hate math but i could argue that you can convey math in a different way that's more appealing to people like uh there's a guy with with dan carlin oh Uh, yeah yeah and his his podcast about history right a lot of people love that but the the cliche of history class is everyone hates history class Mm -hmm. you know it's boring everybody goes to sleep in history class yeah exactly (laughs) we already lived this we don't need to listen to it yet but people pay money for dan carlin hey yeah they do Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i don't know chemistry and bio is just like dude this is just too much i can't do this i was terrible at math i was always terrible at math Mm -hmm. and um so i decided and some stuff was going on with my family and my significant other's family at the time. Um, so I decided to move home. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I actually, originally when I went, I was going to go into radiology. Mm-hmm. And my counselor at the school, um, she was the head of the science department. And she basically wanted all of her kids 
to major in science, even if they weren't. Like, she wow. would do everything she could to get you to major in science. Like, this is what you need to do. Dang, I remember just thinking, agenda. like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to, like, this is your form of counseling? That's cra- That's almost like with, with like, uh, what social sciences in college. Yeah. How, how they get wild yes. with things and pushing yeah. agendas forward. That's fascinating. Yeah. So she, I told her, I was like, you know, I'm really interested in chem and bio and I, I want to do something with it, but I really have a passion for radiology and I would love to go into radiology or ultrasound. And she looked at me and I will never forget this. She looked at me and just like with disgrace and just said, that's a community college degree. Whoa. And pretty much at that moment I was like, I'm done. This is, this is not what I want. If it's a community college degree, like, fine, I'll go get it, and I'll make more than half of your kids. Put down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Screw you. Yeah, Yeah, that pretty much tipped me off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then just in the combination with everything else going on at home and everything, and I was paying for school by myself, obviously. Oh, you were? Yeah. So, I mean, I had scholarships, but I was still paying for Mm it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move home. And I already had a job lined up, so. How'd you reconcile with that in terms of what you wanted to do? Were you struggling with, like, what's your next step? Or Mm -hmm. at that time, did you figure, like, oh, no, this is the direction that I want to take? It was kind of a huge turning point in my life in, like, all aspects. Um, So I kind of just went with it. I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew that I had a job lined up, though, and I knew that I would figure something out. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to go back for ultrasound or radiology. I didn't know the steps I was going to take, but it was spring quarter, mm-hmm. so like I had the summer to figure it out, yeah. right? So I came home and moved in with my significant other at the time and um, worked a ton, <laughs> a ton, <laughs> picked up a bunch of jobs, Um is, just worked, worked, worked. Is that level of work you, uh, normal for you? Like, um, in your It past? was then. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it is now. Okay. Because I know what it does to me mentally. What does it do to you mentally? It just breaks you down. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking about earlier, just working in general, you know, that's kind of what I feel like, at least how I was raised, that's mm-hmm. how I was raised. You were raised to work mm. and go to work. So you're, uh, you, you'd base like your, your ethic and your value of who you were or your mm-hmm. self-worth rather mm-hmm. off of how hard you would work Pretty literally. Much. Yeah. And, um, how has that changed? How has your values changed now? Well, I definitely, I mean, I still have that, that work ethic and that like, I'm going to go out and give my 110% and get my job done as best my, t- uh, to my abilities. Mm-hmm but I'm not going to kill myself over Mm, it. mm -hmm. I'm not going to drag myself down because I was working up to five jobs at one point. I had like steady three Mm. for a while and then I got up to five for a few months and it was terrible, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, well, this is what I need to do to support me Mm -hmm. and, you know, my boyfriend at the time. And there's something to be said too also for for the monumental amount of effort that you could Mm -hmm. put forth into something, although it might have been directed in something that was not meaningful to you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like just all of my energy just drained and all I did was sleep and work (laughs) and your mental state of mind when that's all you do for like two years straight, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, some people can, some people can do it and mm-hmm. hats off. I am just astounded, yeah. <laughs> but I can't, <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard and you don't get to enjoy mm-hmm. things. And you know, everyone in my family, at least they all own their own business and I have watched what that's done to them. Mm. And it's great. Cause we're all, that's us. Like we work our 
freaking knuckles to her bones. But nobody gets time to enjoy themselves. Mm. Nobody gets time to enjoy each other or what's around us. And that just, I think that really killed me growing up. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. And now it's finally kind of like... I'm realizing it now, especially after traveling so, or not so, I traveled so much, traveled for like, what, three weeks? But anyways, <laughs> I realize it now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just, it's very eye-opening, hmm. hugely. When you were younger, did you, did you have like, um, miss, like desires or um, that you didn't understand that like, you know, while you were working that mm-hmm. you couldn't put your finger on? And now you can? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, there were, I mean, there were plenty of things that I wanted to do, but it was, I was also homeschooled growing up, so Mm -hmm. I was pretty sheltered until high school, and I didn't really get out much. Like, we were raised on a farm, we just worked Mm -hmm. all the time growing Mm up. Um, So I never really got that aspect of, like, going out and playing with your friends (laughs) or going to the movies or doing any of those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. that part was, like, Definitely, I didn't realize at the time, because in my mind, we just didn't get to do that. Like, that wasn't even a given, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely a desire that I had. Mm. But I didn't really, like, put the two together. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of like, well, I don't get to do that, so Mm -hmm. whatever. Just going to go chop some more wood now. (laughs) (laughs) Go feed the chickens. (laughs) On a day-to-day level, what do you value now? Mm. Being happy. (laughs) Being happy at every point in my day. I have to find some kind of positive, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just think I I focus too much on the negatives Mm -hmm. for such a long time that it just, it just burned me out. Did you, did you ever indulge in celebration? Like what form? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a a thing where where I've gotten to in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, like I'd play whack-a-mole, right? And everything that'd pop up would be an issue and I would solve it. And when I solved it, mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Not wow, this is this is really great. Like, you know, like I'm oh. you know, just savoring the moment. Smart, yeah. I wouldn't savor the moment. I would work to the next problem. Interesting. And it was like I'd emotionally just sh- shut off. And with that there was like not a level of joy. There there were my the quality of joy mm-hmm. it it wasn't it wasn't really there. Yeah. Was, I think I, I totally that totally makes sense. That was a really good analogy, by the way. Um, I think I think finding the joy, I think I do that now. Mm-hmm. I think that was me previous, though, was mm-hmm. just like, okay, on to the next problem, because you know there's ten others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know they're coming, so you better just be prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't even let your guard down. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, no, you're okay. It's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think it comes with a lot of self-confidence, too, like going mm-hmm. through so much and then being like, no, you, you did that, mm-hmm. so you can do this. Yeah. It's going to be all right, you know, and just being able to watch yourself go through that, especially alone. I'm a pretty independent person, mm-hmm. so if I know that I can go through it by myself, like, I know I can pretty much do anything. Mm. Well, I tell myself that. Yeah. I probably can't. <laughs> I can't. But I know I can't. But I tell myself I can relate. the days go way easier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have all the bravado and gusto going yes. into something. Yeah. And even when you're walking up to, like, the precipice of the edge, you could still be frightened and shaking. Mm-hmm. It's I've done that even with, like, long runs where, mm. I you know, I'd go and do, like, a, a 20 or 30-mile run. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got this. This is going to be so excited. But, I mean, right when I get up to that trailhead, I'm like... 
Oh, this is going to start. Oh. <laughs> I have that with some of my hikes sometimes, too. Like, there is definitely a hike that I did. Um, this is actually this is a great story. Um, there is a hike I did in Switzerland. Um, it was in Zermatt, and I had just hiked two days previously. It was the longest hike that I'd ever done. There are three 20-milers in a row, and I was on my third one. And it was Ooh. super hot that day, and it'd be super, it was super cold, like, all the rest of the days. And it was really hot, and I'm not, like, not heat person. Mm-hmm. And I just was not feeling it from the get-go. I was just like, you know, I'm really tired. And that croissant this morning is <laughs> just not <laughs> doing it. Um, and I, like, couldn't find the trailhead. It took me, like, five miles to even find the trail that I wanted to get on. Ooh. And then I got on the trail, and it was just hill after hill after switchback after hill and i was just like oh my god i don't want to do this it's like nope you're in switzerland you're gonna do it it's gonna be great and i think i was coming up for like on mile six and i knew i had like 12 more miles and um i was coming up this one hill and i had to stop three times going up this hill and I never stopped going up hills. I was so mad at myself, but I was so exhausted and mm-hmm. so tired. And I was just like, just get to the top of the hill and then go from there. So I got to the top of the hill and there was another hill. Okay. All right. But it was a little bit smaller and I was seriously like, I'm turning around. Like I feel like crap, I'm not doing it. And then I heard bells and I was like, no way. <laughs> I started losing it. They were cows. I love cows, oh if my anybody gosh. doesn't know. But I love cows, and I've always been my dream to see cows with the bells around their necks oh, yeah. in the Alps. And I saw the cows, and I like, lo- I was so giddy. I was so excited. I was like, nope, I'm good. And I like, yes. took off up this hill, and then I sat, and I ate my lunch with the cows. Oh. Well, the story gets better. So I'm sitting there eating lunch with the cows. I'm like, all right, get going now. So I go up the next, like, five hills. There were more cows, but I didn't realize that the first cows I saw were the baby cows. And then there were these, like, huge cows with these bells the size of their heads, and I can't even, like, express the joy that I had (laughs) when I came up on these cows. It's like, I knew it. It was going to get better. (laughs) This is the greatest thing. Uh, It was amazing. Yeah. That diligence just pays off in the end. You know, and it's the small things, too. Like, you can be having the worst day, Mm -hmm. and you just, you need to be able to find the joy in those kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what's going to get you through it. And that's the interesting thing is that we never really tell the the happiest stories. We always tell the stories that are the hardest, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to share them both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because what are people going to base that off of, you know? Mm -hmm. They need to hear that, too. That's very true. Yeah. So, so going when you do traveling like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially for for women, because um, I've, I've talked to some some of my female friends, and they have concerns. Like I talk to them about your travels, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I wouldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, th- like we have this thing where where what is imagined is often um, more frightening than the reality. Right. Absolutely. And however, I haven't traveled. So, th- what is your experience? Were you afraid to do to do it alone? And what was your experience? You know, uh, being a, a solo female traveler. Um, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there is definitely moments. Mm-hmm. There is scary moments. There is 
super stressful moments. I mean, you're going to go through all the emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm definitely like more of an anxious type. Like I Mm -hmm. don't get super fearful. I just get really anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't eat for a while. Really? Like before I went, cause I, I just couldn't, like I was so, my mind was just everywhere and I just kind of get like this just ball of anxiety and I can't do anything. Can't focus. Um, Mm -hmm. But then normally once I'm in the act of doing something, I'm all right. Mm. So, like, once I got on the plane, I was okay. I was like, okay, we're on the plane. We've made it this far. <laughs> Let's just get to France. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I definitely had some moments. I was definitely afraid of the men, obviously, mm-hmm. because everyone knows. Nobody wants to say it, but you're going to be afraid of the men when you mm-hmm. go to a different country. Um well, just because it's a different culture. Mm, I see. It's a totally different culture, and you never know. So, in the sense that it could, like, make you more vulnerable because yes. you don't understand, like, you know, uh, the navigation, yes. and you don't understand language. Yes. I understand. Body language. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm just this girl with a backpack, and let me tell you, if you're a girl with a backpack, anywhere, anywhere, by yourself... People, you're like a magnet. Eyes are just like on you instantly. And you know, it's funny because I even felt myself doing that to other solo travelers, Mm. like backpacking girls that were in the airport and train stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just thought of it as like, oh, they're one of me. Like, you know, (laughs) we're all together here. (laughs) We're a team. You're doing it too. Cool. Good job. (laughs) Need anything? Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for (laughs) you. Um, but I definitely talked to other people too. Like my sister, when she picked me up, she was like, dude, I totally picked you out of the crowd. Like it's super easy to pick you out of the crowd. And she was telling me how she was picking like other girls out of the crowd too. And she's like, it's totally true. Like my eyes just go to them. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm looking for them. It's that my eyes are already going there. Mm -hmm. So when you know that you're already going to stand out. And you're in a place that you don't know the language. Yeah. <laughs> I got my pocketbook ready, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, so I studied up on some self-defense, and I carried a lot of pens. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that was my brother's first first comment, was that as soon as I get into the country, he's like, find the sharpest pen you can find. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just in case. He's like, Mr. Taken over here, you know? Yeah. And no, I didn't watch that movie before I left. Oh, that's no, good. I didn't. No. Yeah, that just add to the anxiety. <laughs> oh my gosh. There were some moments, though, I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. where I definitely thought I was going to get taken. But really? There were, there were a few. Mm-hmm. It was few. But it did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it is out there. You just... You have to be observant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be aware. How much of it is in your control, in your opinion? I think... I don't want to say a lot of it, because that sounds, like, super... I don't know. It sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do feel like you can do a lot. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're observant enough, if you're aware of your surroundings and what's going on, you know, like, if I sat down in any train station, I always went and found a security guard Mm -hmm. or something that was, like, locked so I could get in and only people with train tickets could get in. Mm. Um, But otherwise, I would always find a security guard. Honestly, there was times where I, like, sat in the bathroom for a little bit Mm -hmm. because you have to pay to get in the bathrooms there. What? Mm, The cleanest bathrooms you'll ever find. Wow, I bet. How much does it cost to get in the bathrooms? It depends where you're at. If you're at, like, a train station, it's, like, a, a euro. It's, like, a dollar or something what yeah and then if you but if you're like downtown paris <clears throat> it was like 20 cents or something don't mean to be offensive but it said did it smell like you're an outside of the bathroom <laughs> i 
It smells like urine all over Paris. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh, Paris stinks so bad. Sorry if anybody's from Paris. <laughs> like, they don't think it stinks, but it reeks. Wow. Because people just pee outside because you got to pay for the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's all cobblestone. So nothing soaks in. It just like sits there in the oh sun and gosh. just like mitigates and just blah. That's oh. nuts. Disgust. It's really bad. Wow. It's like a cobblestone jungle. It is. It's, <laughs> uh, cobblestone is everywhere in Europe. It's either dirt or cobblestone. It's what you got. <laughs> it's super cool. It's wow. amazing. But that is cool. It stinks. Have you, do you, did you, you said you didn't leave the state prior to that. Mm. Um, did you spend a lot of time in uh, Seattle? No. Oh, was, I'll take that back. I mm-hmm. have left the state. You like have? once. Uh, Twice. Anywhere that you've been, would you have experienced the same level of vulnerability or a similar level of vulnerability? Mm, no. No, no. No. Okay. No. Because they were all like school trips. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes sense. Because that's why I just have that curiosity. Um, so from I don't know if you know Henry Rollins. Uh, he was on uh, this lead singer on Black Flag. He now like okay. tours and um, he gives like speeches or like kind of comedy talks. Except it's not mm. funny. It's more like emotional. Oh. And yeah, it's interesting. Who's like like a, Jocko? Uh, yeah, kinda, yeah, okay. like Jocko. And okay, He was on Rogan's podcast, uh, and he, he's a weightlifter, and he's okay. a work, so he'll travel the world, mm-hmm. and then he'll go there with nothing, um, he'll pick, like, some random country, mm-hmm. and then he'll just talk with locals, um, and mainly, like, third world countries, and then he'll, uh, write, and he'll write books about it. And that's super cool. Yeah, he does that like several trips a year, and oh. he's been doing it for many years. Yeah, that that's Dream the lifestyle job. that Dream I, I want. Job. Exactly. Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> he talks about um, for him, obviously, way different. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, a little different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, him being like jacked in a male. Uh, Who's gonna mess with you? Yeah, and so, <laughs> but he'd go to these countries, and he'd say, mm-hmm. "Well, it's actually." Uh, people would say, like, he went to Afghanistan when mm-hmm. um, Bush. During like nine eleven, when Bush uh, said that recommended that people from America don't go there because it would be like highly dangerous, and he's like, oh, no, not that bad. I felt just as safe there as I would here. Actually, more safe in these areas. And so my curiosity was, is like, is it because of his stature, um, mm-hmm. and would a female feel the, a s- similar in the sense that like they're just as vulnerable, you know, walking down uh, like. Uh, street at night in Seattle mm-hmm. or LA. Well, I'll tell you now mm-hmm. that there were definitely places that I was leery of mm-hmm. here, like in my hometown mm. or in just the state in general. And I don't feel that way anymore. Okay. That's interesting. I don't. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, well, I went through Paris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah. Paris is not, Dang. It's not everybody works it. I mean, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Architecture's beautiful. There's mm-hmm. history everywhere you look. I mean, it is amazing, but mm-hmm. you do not want to be out past 4 p.m. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It's just, it's a different world out there. Mm-hmm. They did, but drop the, God, that, but that doesn't really speak to that. But they did drop the uh, the legal age for consent, I think, down to like 14. <gasps> for some no, reason. they didn't. Yeah. However, they also, uh, daycare is uh, free. And paid for by the government throughout, See, like it's yeah. like yeah. there's those little things. It's, it's like yeah. which one it, it, <laughs> do we want? Exactly, <laughs> and that's the same with like travel is mm-hmm. is like the value of you know these experiences. Um, how much do you value that to where you would mitigate these risks? Mm. And like just like uh, you drive a street bike, right? Even mm-hmm. though you can get into an accident and you can die, 
street bikes are fun. And at the end of the day, is mm-hmm. it worth it, you know? And to, right. I think it's like an individual question. And it's interesting when you were saying earlier, like, mm-hmm. travel being something that, that you really wanted to do mm-hmm. and that, that meant something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're going on this uh, trip, what made you choose Europe? a great question um let's see if i can answer it (laughs) well i knew i wanted to go to italy i knew i wanted to go to france um and originally i was actually going to go to spain these were just like places that i have like italy i've always wanted to go to italy Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful i mean how could you not love italy and i've heard great things about france and spain it's Spain, Barcelona, you know, everybody yeah. comes back with that accent. Well, I didn't go to Spain, so I don't have the accent. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I actually ended up, funny story, I was buying my Euro ticket, or my Eurail ticket, mm-hmm. and it's like, choose your three countries, and it gave me the option of Switzerland, and I was like, I could go to Switzerland. Like, you don't think about these things until you really start planning your trip, and mm-hmm. you're like, I could do this, and this, and this, and then things just get out of hand, and you got to tone it down. But, yes. um, but yeah, so then I thought, Switzerland. Switzerland. I could go to Switzerland, and it was just like, game on. Like, it, Spain was like, whatever, chump change. Yeah. Like, we're going to Switzerland, man. <laughs> <laughs> so when you got up to, when you got into Europe, that's when you started deciding where you wanted to go, essentially. No, I planned this out for like nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I mean, I wasn't planning that whole time. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. I bought my ticket. Um, and then I bought my URL ticket and then I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I followed a lot of pages on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like I just looked up places, random places in wow. these countries, followed them on Instagram. And I was like, I just scroll through my feed and go, yep, I want to go there. And I'd write it down and be like, all right, these are my places, you know, oh, I so even cool. did the whole Pinterest thing. Like best hikes in yeah. X and then Cinque Terre came up and I was like Cinque Terre <laughs> <laughs> it just like totally blew my mind that I could even do that like oh, gosh. that you could even go there like this is just things that you see in books this is just things you see on the internet but you can do it have has anything else ever uh, excited you this much no <laughs> <laughs> nope can't say it has other than my dog your dog yes. yeah yeah you she's definitely the most exciting really connected with your dog your dog's name is Maisie, right? Maisie. yeah yes, Maisie. she's great how, how long have you had your dog for uh i got her on july 31st <laughs> of last year oh, wow <laughs> yeah so i've only had her for a year but she was eight weeks when i got her so Aww. she's been with me since a pup so. oh that's adorable she's we're pretty pretty much best friends Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> no, she. I tell her every day, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. She truly is. It's the only thing that's like keeping me from moving, quite mm-hmm. honestly. But I've definitely considered it. I learned about workaway programs. So that's what's workaway programs? Workaway. I haven't done a lot of research on it, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like act like I know a lot. Oh, but yeah. from what I understand, you can go and work like 30 to 60 days on. Most of them are farms, mm-hmm. um, and the ones that I've seen are mostly in Europe, but I'm sure they're, like, everywhere. And it's, like, wolfing. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can just, like, can go we... work for people for 30 to 60 days doing whatever. Oh. So there was this kid that I met. This is how I found out. So I was staying in Tertaldo, which is, like, in the belly button of Tuscany in Italy, <laughs> and I met this kid. He was one of my roommates, and he was, God, he was, like, 19, just 
doing it, you know? Like, oh, yeah. three months, just going for it. He's from Australia. He just got back from a 60-day work away in the Pyrenees Mountains. Ooh. Like, can you even imagine? That would be awesome. And he worked on a trail, and he was basically a trail angel. <laughs> what? Like, that's cool. Sign me up. Yeah. I don't care if I have to pay to do it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to pay me. I don't even care. Yeah. Wow. That would be such a cool experience. I know. And, and they house you and they feed you. And like, it's pretty much the best thing I've ever heard. I'm sure there's some cons to it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. Cons. But I mean, cons, to be but... able to do that, I, I would do, I would bear any cons. Like, Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So highly suggest. Look that up because mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes too. Yeah. And and so, uh, what keep what would keep you from like long term travel is, is Maisie. Then sounds really upsetting when you say that, but yes, yes. Well, I, <laughs> no, I like I I've been I've been thinking about it more and more, and like I I could do it, mm-hmm. but nothing over a year. Could you? I don't think I could do that. Could you take Maisie? I could. It's pretty stressful though. Mm-hmm. Like but, shipping a dog yeah. to Europe, and she's a, she's part healer and part border collie, and they're pretty mm-hmm. high anxiety. In oh yeah, or dogs breeds in general. Um, so I don't know. She'd probably do all right, but I would. I just I wouldn't want to put her through that. And that's, I could relate in the sense that um, with my son, mm-hmm. uh, that I have to consider that. So what I'm right. doing is I'm doing a soft sell. We're going to Tulum to go and uh, stay at an Airbnb down there, and we're going to stay for a week, maybe actually two weeks. Mm-hmm. And my whole idea is is it's close to our country, the flight's pretty short, mm-hmm. and they speak Spanish, and it's kind of familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I could start there, and then I can go to Thailand, then I can go to Vietnam, and just keep like stretching it out because I don't want to like – Throw them in the deep end and be like, listen, we got we got buses we got to take. You're going to have to be waiting a really Gosh. long time. You're going to be walking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's I've because I've experienced that with hiking anyways mm-hmm. where, like, well, here we did Park Butte um, one of the, mm-hmm. his, when he was three. Um, and he did it in sandals. Uh, we didn't, I didn't expect to do Park Butte. We were just picking huckleberries. And he's like, I was just talking to him. I'm like, yeah, at the end of this trail, there's this, you know, there's a, a lookout, a fire lookout that people used to stay in in the summer. And then they'd like look over it to make sure if there were any fires. And then they would signal. And he's like, what? Yeah. And so that we just, so cute. yeah, we, we kept going forward and oh forward. And before I know it, we're all the way up at the lookout, never complained once. And I'm like, yeah, and it was like a seven mile round trip and he didn't get tired. What nothing. a little mountain goat. And yeah, that's what Look I'm saying. That's awesome. I took him though <laughs> on a uh, eight mile trip, not that like a month later when the huckleberries weren't around. And that was a different story. <laughs> there is no fruit on this trail. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I need the food now. Exactly. So I learned that, like, that his uh, what he's able to handle, mm. like, what I would be willing to put him in, right. might, I need to soft sell him into it. And so mm. I have to compromise on what, what I want to do, almost like in a way that you would with, with Maisie, mm. right, um, with what I can do. Yeah. However, I don't think it's in possible in that sense. I just right, think no. there you just gotta be creative. Nothing's impossible. Exactly. Nothing's impossible. Get that out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely like I've definitely thought about moving for just like a couple of months, honestly, because I feel like I don't know if I could spend 
I, no, I can't say that because I probably could. I probably could live over there for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a couple of months would be good. Mm-hmm. But who knows? You know, well, it has to be at the right time in your life. Yeah, that's true. And that's the the thing is that like I, I've seen with a lot of people that I, I've talked to who have done things that I admired in the sense of like uh, exciting things, something that you'd, you know, you'd write about or something you'd aspire to do, mm-hmm. which is, is that is not like, it wasn't forced. It was, well, how excited does this make me and how worth it is it? Like yes. I just got done talking with a guy named Scott Rockus and mm-hmm. he was working 80 hours a week. Um, he would, they, he would basically, he'd get off in the middle of the day. So he'd work from the morning to the afternoon and then he'd be off work for three hours and then he'd go back to work and he'd work five six days sometimes seven days a week and yeah and he was working for cbs as an auditor and interesting yeah he would audit for um like all like really popular shows and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and he just said that um it was like the lesser of two evils in the sense that he got hands-on experience to learn how to do these things so that he can um have a lot more like power within the like corporate industry um but he ended up getting another job and working within like the oil industry and he now travels in a van and he does photography adventure photography leading up to expedition photography across the country and yeah that's exactly and i'm like what that that's insane and doing it but the way that he did it was it was like this slow gradual like feeling now is this what i want to do he didn't even just jump into photography Mm -hmm. he went from like uh, working and then playing with photography, using his money to fund it, and then he was traveling in his van while working. Except his boss didn't know. Um. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, <laughs> exactly. man. Exactly. Oh, What's gonna do? He's yeah. Gonna, who, yeah. He doesn't have power over that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, whatever. It's like I'm still getting my work done. He's still getting your work done. And then he quit. Just in a va- and I quit. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, Good for him. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And so with that, with that like soft sell, not rushing anything, yes. it's a lot more sustainable in the end. Yes. And I even hear that when you like start your own business, where it's like, as opposed to, um, oh, I'm gonna quit my job because I have this cool business idea. You quit, right? And then use all your money and it's like you just burn out as opposed to like moonlighting and slowly mm-hmm. making your way to where you're financially independent you yeah, know yeah totally but that's so important there's so many people that don't they mm-hmm. don't see that yeah they don't see that which i mean which sucks because i can see both sides mm-hmm. you know i can i've been at that point in my life where i'm like screw it i'm selling everything yeah. you know i'm just gonna do this i don't even care if it works i'm gonna do it but that's when you need to be careful. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you're like, you, you know you got to do something, but mm-hmm. maybe slightly smaller. Yeah. But if you're stubborn like me, you're just going to do it. That's <laughs> where I'm at. Is I'm the youngest, so it's like, and I don't like to generalize in that, that whole thing of being like the youngest, but I'm just really stubborn. Yeah. And all my family conventions, I'm just, I throw them out the window. Yes. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do and yep. let me figure it out. Yep. Those, uh, the, the programs where you, where you work, those are 60 mm-hmm. to 90 days. And or 30 to 60. 30 to 60? They might be not. I don't know. And Well, that's they less than a year, though. Yeah, that is less <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you are very correct. And a little bit more than three weeks, so. Mm, there we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, seriously thinking about it. And how did, so you you went over to Europe, mm-hmm. and, and how did that, how did that trip unfold how did you um get around from place to place what was your main mode of travel 
So my main mode of travel was train. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much everybody's main mode of travel over there, quite honestly. Like, you hardly see people driving cars. Really? I mean, there's people that drive cars. Depends where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, London, I talked to a bunch of people. I mean, obviously I didn't go to London. But there is a ton of people from London in the UK in my hostels. And they were like, yeah, we don't drive cars. Like, I don't even have my license. And this girl was like 23. <laughs> like, oh. you don't have your license? Like, I... I dream about driving. <laughs> I yeah. have to drive. <laughs> but they just don't. You know? Whoa. They just don't drive. Is they take the bus or they take the train or, you know? And it's just one of those things. For you, you was it at. easy to, like, get around no. via the train? Oh, I mean, no. it was. It was It was semi-easy once you get the hang of it. But I'm like, <laughs> I gotta be driving, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think it was okay in the sense that, like, I mean, when I went to college, I took the bus mm-hmm. quite a few places, and I remember hating it. Like, every second, I was just so over it. But over there, I think I had so much going on in my mind that it was fine. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad somebody else is in charge of this. Yeah. <laughs> For once, somebody else is in charge of something and not myself <laughs> right now. on the left side of the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I don't. I didn't take any wrong trains. I almost did, but I didn't. Um, yeah, so it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. The buses were kind of, the buses were tricky. I didn't take a lot of buses, but the buses were a little tricky. What, what was tricky about the buses? Well, okay, so let's see. I think the main buses that I took that I had issues with, at least, um, was in Italy in La Spezia, mm-hmm. which is, like, right before the Cinque Terre, and I came in from Chertaldo. So I took a train for like, gosh, I don't know, four hours. It was a couple transfers. And then I got in kind of late, but it was okay because I still had plenty of daylight. And I was like, we're good, we're good. And then I tried catching the bus. And the bus system there is just so confusing. And like all the buses, there's so many buses, so many buses. (laughs) And they're never on time, but they have a schedule. Like this is when this bus is supposed to be here, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was told to take the last bus. Well, how do you know when it's the last bus? When they're all late. <laughs> how do you know? I don't know. And the guy couldn't speak a lick of English, and I was, like, trying with my Italian, but mm-hmm. he was just, like, some people just get so frustrated that you're not Italian and mm-hmm. you're in Italy. Like, if you're in the small town, really? some people just get so frustrated, they're like, whatever. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Just, yeah, some of them do. Like, you'll try speaking Italian. I mean, most of them are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Most of them are pretty good. But... That bus driver wasn't super nice. I would argue, though, that if you were to go to any rural community, um, at least here, Mm -hmm. and now I would almost generalize to other places, Mm -hmm. uh, that that is a very common thing. Mm -hmm. And it's that that fear, not the fear of the other, but that the imagined other, and then the frustration that follows. Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah. So I got off... I was pretty sure I was supposed to get off on this one stop, but he convinced, he was like, no, there's no more stops. This is where you need to get off. And I'm like on a hillside <coughs> in Spezia, La Spezia, and I'm like way up there. And I was like, okay, if you say so. Because I knew that I could probably walk mm-hmm. to wherever going, I was going, but it was like nine o'clock at night and it was getting dark. And then Ooh. like by the time I was off the bus, it was like almost pitch black. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just on this hillside. There's no street lights. I don't know where I'm going. My phone's going to die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You must have been stressed out. I was a little stressed at that point. But, you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. What was your self-talk like through there? Like what? You're fine. You're mm-hmm. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pretty much like, 
I have to, in my mind, be super calm because I'm not actually super calm. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, like, tone it way down. Mm, yeah. Just, like, to be effective. slow to yourself, be seductive. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Kind of. Yeah, like, exactly. Kind of you got to warm yourself to, up to the moment, yes. If you're on a hillside and it's 9 o'clock at night, it's pitch black, mm-hmm. and you have no idea where you're oh, going, yeah. you can't speak the language, like, you... And if you, you freak out, on. then you almost become useless in some fashion oh, to yourself, totally. right? Yeah, and I, I work in a pretty high-stress environment, like, emergency situations, and, like, you need to be calm, so I think that helps quite a bit. Oh, really? Because I was just like, nope, you need to go into that mindset of you need to get somewhere and you gotta stay calm about it mm-hmm. so i kind of just like eh, you'll be fine I'm like you'll, you'll find somewhere to sleep it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and that's kind of just what i said <laughs> to myself and then i find some really nice italian people which i did Ooh. find some super nice italian people and i was like i'm trying to get here <laughs> just like yeah. point to my phone to the address <laughs> and they're like oh angela i'm like yeah angela that one it was super nice and like this old couple, like, we'll walk you, we'll walk you. But they're Aww. not, they don't know any English, so they're saying it all in Italian. And I was like, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. And then they tried having a full, well, they did, have a full-on conversation in Italian with me. <laughs> I'm not speaking any Italian. Yeah. But I pretty much caught most of what they were saying. Like, mm-hmm. they're asking, you know, oh, you're by yourself? How old are you? And and um, the husband had run, like, marathons Whoa. in New York. And they were, they were like, the oh, my God, Italian couples are the cutest. Really? Like, uh, old Italian people. They're so cute. What's so cute about them? They're just old yeah. and Italian oh, and, like, yes. what's not to love, you know? They're just so happy and chipper, and they're just, like, so nice to each oh, other. so and, warm and welcoming. You know, they use their hands a lot. Oh, they do? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, that is totally true. And the fact that everybody sounds like they're screaming at each other, and at the end of the conversation, they, like, give two kisses and walk away and everything's fine. Like, what? happens constantly. Oh, that's wild. It's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. But yeah, we had like a full a full-on conversation and I was just like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But they had a dog, so I pretty much was just like with their dog the entire time. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna, I know the dog's safe. Yeah, exactly. Big <laughs> <laughs> dog! Black labs are always safe. Yes, they are. They're nice. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. But yeah. And you, so you were able to take, so the train essentially, is it one train system that could take you oh, everywhere? millions. Oh, there There's is. So many trains. Whoa. So many trains. And you got to be really good about screenshotting things. Because, mm-hmm. like, well, unless you go over there and buy data or something like that. But I didn't do that. It's really expensive. You can buy a SIM card. I think that's actually pretty cheap, but I didn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, what I would do is I had an app on my phone that was for URL, and you could plug in what station you wanted to go from and to, mm. and it would give you a list of the trains, like, you need to catch this train at this time, and then there's this layover, layover, this layover, this layover, and then it gives you all the train numbers. Mm-hmm. So then you just kind of go off that list. Mm. And trains are really good. They always leave on time yeah. and get there on time. Wow. Imagine Sometimes they, they don't a... get there on time, but they always leave on time. <laughs> 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 Most of the time they're there. <laughs> yes. I imagine they've been working for or using that system for a really long time. I assume, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what you experience with, like, in New York, for instance. Like, it's mm. an incredible mode of transportation. So yeah. much where it's a similar thing where people don't have cars. Yes. Whereas over here, it's like to get anywhere, I mean. You have to have a car. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're just too rural. Like, mm-hmm. we can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, the, those those uh, civilizations, like you even talk about with uh, France, mm-hmm. um, 
been around for so long. So long. There's so much like even the even if you were to go to like Highway 20 right into the mm-hmm. Cascades, mm-hmm. um isolated sure people have like hiked throughout there but there haven't been like uh all this huge history like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years Mm -hmm. of people building infrastructure in those areas as opposed to europe right which um with the trains Mm -hmm. would you say that it's pretty quick to get from point a to point b or is there a lot of waiting around it's pretty quick they're pretty (laughs) moving like they leave on that minute Wow. They're going. Because I hear, like, from people's personal experience who uh, who live in Europe, mm-hmm. where, like, as, as kids, they get, like, a Euro pass, mm-hmm. and those kids actually themselves just, just travel freely using the train systems. And, yeah, and I'm like, dude, that would be cool if I could go to Super New York right. and not, you know, not have to worry about it or not. Like, imagine the amount of planning it would take for you mm-hmm. without having a car mm-hmm. to get to New York. And the amount of finances that it would take, like a yeah. Greyhound or yeah. even the trains to get over there. Like over here in, uh, you can get one in Seattle, like in Sandpoint, yes. Idaho, where I used to live. The train only goes through there at 12 o'clock at midnight. And it's like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like the transcontinental train. And to be able to do it is, it's like super expensive, like hundreds of dollars yeah. and getting complicated to the point to where, yeah. You know, um, for your Europass, mm-hmm. or is that what it's called for the trains? Yeah, my it was a Eurorail, Eurorail pass. <laughs> it's all the same thing. They have one that's like just for Europeans mm-hmm. and one for like international travelers. How much was that? That was, I think it was like four hundred dollars. That's not and bad. you can travel on any train that you want for mm-hmm. free. Um, and you buy like so many days. So I got 10 days, so I had 10 full days of travel that I could be on any train from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m., you know, like wow. doing it. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I know. I felt like it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean. You have freedom. Yeah. You have total freedom. Yeah. It's really nice to just, like, get on a train and be like, I'm good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And just, it doesn't me. matter where I go, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about getting a ticket. Oh, my gosh. Like, so many people I saw, like, rushing around trying to get their tickets before mm-hmm. they get on the train. Like, sometimes you don't have a super long layover in between trains, so you have, mm-hmm. like, one minute Whoa. to go to the station to get a ticket, which is, like, on the other side of the platform as the train that you need to be on. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just stressful. a lot... Yeah, it's way less stress to just have that mm-hmm. and just feel safe. And um, where did you use, what kind of accommodations did you use while you're out there? You I stay? stayed in hostels. I stayed in one Airbnb, mm-hmm. which was cool. It was kind of nice to it like was. get away from hostels, but I loved hostels. I was so scared. I was like really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were mixed dorms, and I was like, not how, I don't mm-hmm. know how I feel about that. Uh, it was great. I would have rather had more mixed storms. Really? Why? Way cooler. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I made more friends with guys than I did with females. But that's just kind of me. I got just kinda me. I got two things. Yes. What were your fears about the hostels and what was the reality of the hostels? My fears of the hostels is just like I'm not a super social person. So like being in a room with possibly seven other dudes and mm-hmm. sleeping <laughs> which i would <laughs> argue would probably be more likely dudes because there'd be a higher percentage of dudes traveling than women 
I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was just assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was, how I dare you? I mean, yeah, how dare I? Oh, my gosh. Well, that was just my fear. Like, yeah. what if that happens? And there's a lot of mm-hmm. what ifs in my life that have mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just plan for the worst and, that's and hope the, for the best. That's the thing where I talk about with, you know, like the, the women that I spoke with before about, mm-hmm. you know, traveling and stuff. And that was the fears to the point to where it would prevent them from doing such a thing. Mm. But... Um, they also tend to, you know, do well in conversation with, with guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you made friends with, with guys and oh, yeah. they were not, they, non, were uh, they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to fuck you for lack of a better no, word. God, no, mm-hmm. no. See, that's, that's awesome. And it's, you know what? And I think this is it. Here's, here's the kicker. People who travel are different. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all got the same mindset. <laughs> yeah. We're there for one purpose and one purpose only. Most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe like, you know, I mean, you're going to have your few, mm-hmm. but you're just, you're there but- to be present and to meet people and to be cool, you know, mm-hmm. just like go out and experience the world and not like, oh, I came to this hostel to like talk to this chick you know nobody's gonna do that that's my argument for for a lot of things in which i uh so when i was younger uh there'd be like growing up a lot of people would you know party including Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. but i didn't really like that very much it was kind of unfulfilling and i saw like the pinnacle of this experience was yeah it was was very unexciting and it seemed kind of destructive in in that way right Mm -hmm. um people kind of shallowly recreating on you know on partying and it you know that I don't think that's necessarily destructive. Mm-hmm. However, uh, that lent itself like you think of like a nightclub, right? right. Scenario. You're on average you're gonna find people who are gonna just try to be try to fuck and be very aggressive about that. Yeah. And like if you even if you go to like a, a conventional gym, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a highly likelihood because in, all you have to do is um, pay the money and attend said gym. But yes. if you do like uh, skills. Yes. Right, you work up, you know, skills, or if you're even doing like, I would argue, uh, I wouldn't say like Little Mountain. Um, that's for people who aren't familiar. That's like a a city kind of trail uh, system. But if you were to go to somewhere that's like a, a ten mile trail where it takes like serious discipline or right. PCT to go on it, right? Yes. Then by nature of that, you weed out almost all of the um the people who who would be uh a threat yeah exactly of any kind yeah and unethical unmoral yeah. and be so focused on uh on sex that they would be potentially aggressive right mm-hmm. yeah totally totally and you just you know and i think it just as a female you're always going to think about those things because mm-hmm. you have to because you're vulnerable just by looking at you mm-hmm. you know like especially me i'm 5'2 and 120 pounds like yeah. You can throw me around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so it's just you have to be aware and you have to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing, though, is know what you're getting into and don't be fearful of it. Because if you have any kind of fear, they're going to come after you. Mm-hmm. You have to know that you need to be confident and you need to be self-aware and you need to be able to perform in any kind of circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether it be good, bad. But all of mine were pretty good. I met mm-hmm. some great people. Oh, my gosh. The people I met on my trip were just absolutely amazing. I follow them on all social media, and we're still friends and, like, oh, still chat. Cool. And, like, 
some of them are still traveling. Most of them, I like, most all of them like just got home like this mm-hmm. week, and I'm just so excited for them oh, to be yes. home, you know. But like watching them, like one of them just went through Greece, and like watching all of his Whoa. pictures of the Greece, the Greek islands is just like, oh my god, why can I not go back? <laughs> yeah. um, that was the same one that did the work away. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's super cool. Um, another one went through Rome, and I don't even know where else she went, but it just. It was just beautiful. Wow. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. That's so cool. Just such amazing people out there, you know? Yeah. It just gives you such hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's so exciting, too, because, you, I mean, like, I would imagine, right, I meet someone who's, like, a black belt in mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu where mm-hmm. they've been training for, like, 10 years. And what I would think of as, you know, good. Yeah. Well, that bar just got set higher in in the sense that, like, I know that there's – there's more that I can do with, with life. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that it would be the same thing with like travel. When you meet these people who mm-hmm. have these experiences, you're like, I can have that experience. Yes. yes, that's totally true. That's totally true. Especially when like they talk about their travels and they're just so nonchalant about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I just went over to Rome today. Like, no, <laughs> you know, just talking about it. Super casual. And I'm just like, you went to Rome. <laughs> you you went to Rome. Like, that's not Aww. just, like, I just went to Rome. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just such a big deal, but it's just so funny to watch these people that, like, oh, yeah, I did this and this. And I'm like, so it's not that. So everyone can do it. You're mm-hmm. saying everyone I can do Everyone can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just one foot. Yeah. It's just one foot. But it is true. Anyone can do it. And I feel I even have, like, these instances when people – talk about even on this podcast that i was just listening to it was my favorite murder podcast Mm -hmm. um and she was talking about somewhere in europe she thought oh or she had said like oh how cool would it be to just go there and i just thought just go yeah like what's what's stopping you Mm -hmm. and i just i wish i could give that to more people Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and and sometimes i feel like when i say that to people like just go why don't you just go they just look at me like why can't you do that? Yeah. Like, but why can't you? Mm-hmm. Why can't you do that? Is it because you're scared? Is it because you think it's like too financially stressful for you? Like, what is that reason? Because if you really want to go, you can make it happen. Because mm, yeah. I had all those fears. All of those were fears of mine. You know? Mm-hmm. And you just got to do it. Yeah. If you really want to do it, just do it. Just step out the door. Yeah. <laughs> just get on that plane. Mm-hmm. Buy that ticket. Put yourself in debt. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get all the credit cards. Listen, they, all the credit cards. have if it's Be like smart about it, people. Okay. You pay it off in six months. There's no interest. Hey. How much did this uh, trip cost you? Um, including airfare and mm-hmm. like everything. I did a rough estimate. I think it was like two thousand. What? Two thousand dollars. Pretty much what everybody says when I say it. That's not that much at all. No, it's not. I get seven thousand dollars a year in February, and <laughs> there you go. Wow, that's not bad. If you do it right, you know, and like, and there's plenty of things that people even told me before I left. They're like, you know, do you think that maybe you should put this off for a couple years until you have more money to like do this? Because I mean, I'm a 23-year-old living on my own, mm-hmm. okay? I'm broke, Yeah. Right? <laughs> but a girl's going to do what a girl wants to do. Exactly. So um, I saved for a really long time. I did a lot of saving, which made me great at saving. Mm-hmm. That's a huge plus. But anyways, back to this point. <laughs> so she, a couple people had said, you know, maybe maybe you should think about this. Like, maybe you should wait. And I, I did think about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, they have a point. You should listen. 
But I was like, you know, I don't, I don't need to go to a restaurant every night. Mm-hmm. I don't need to buy a shirt from every shop on the block. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many things you don't need to do. You need to be present, though. Mm-hmm. You need to be there. You need to meet people from around the world. You need to experience these things. There's just, and I just have this, you know, there's people out there that put your money towards experiences, not, mm-hmm. not material. Firm and believer. Such a firm believer. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that experience is riding a train. Mm-hmm. Ride the damn train. Yeah. <laughs> like, do it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to forget that. You're going to forget that shirt, though. Mm-hmm. You're going to forget that towel. You're going to, I don't know, I'm just yeah. naming No, yeah, things. you have but that. But there's things. That's, I've come to that realization long ago to where, like, I would go to the movies, and I think it was, you'd spend, what, $30 on the movies? Oh, and my if gosh. I go once a month, on the popcorn. It's, yeah, it's like $300 or $360 Racket. a year Racket. that I'd go for movies. And it's like, whoa, if I were to save that, and then I would stop eat drinking coffee every other day at a coffee mm-hmm. stand, which is $5 mm-hmm. every other day. It's like. Plus tip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, courteous. You got to support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was in the restaurant industry so definitely yes and um with that yeah you can have experiences instead of being indulgent you know yeah in that fashion it It definitely takes a lot of perseverance and like Mm -hmm. determination to realize that though yeah i I agree it it takes a long time because you're just and i think mental state Mm -hmm. too helps that because like when you're when you're lower when your mental state you're just not there you're going to be more indulgent Mm -hmm. because you're just seeking that something to make you happy Mm -hmm. and you're not looking outside of the box. When you're not in the sense, like you're not getting, you're you're not fulfilling yourself uh, with, you know, with something on a day to day basis. Then you're looking for these small things to get you by. You're not finding your, your niche. Mm -hmm. You're not finding your hike. You're not finding your travel. You're not. There's a funny study that actually backs that up in some fashion in uh, rat models, which is they would do, it was with cocaine and they would give uh, coke to the rats um, Mm -hmm. and they would, they would supply the cocaine to the rat and the rat was in isolation within a cage Mm -hmm. and it would be coke, food and water. That's it in the cage. Rat would do the cocaine in excess, uh, wouldn't eat, and then eventually would die. So they were like, oh, cocaine is inherently addictive. If you do cocaine, then, then you'll do it until you die. They recreated the study, and what they, what they did this time, they, they recreated it in that fashion. The rat did behave in the same way. Confirmed. They, and they recreated it again. They put rat in the cage with other rats. They um, put hamster wheel in the cage, so there was, like, ability to move around. Um, rat would try cocaine, and then it would go back to its food and leave it alone. <laughs> and that's something that I've experienced with, like, watching people and even, uh, you know, interacting with addicts. Yeah. Um, something that I've had speculation on and I've read about, which is, like, mm-hmm. when, you, when you, like, try to think of it, when you, when you try to excel towards something mm-hmm. or you try to set goals, um, and your life is such a mess that it's it feels impossible. So then what you go for is these impulsive immediate things that happen to be destructive and then cement you further yes. into that that shithole yes. to where it's like mm. you just explained my life. Yeah, yes. No, that's ex- explained <laughs> my life job. too. Yeah. A lot of people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did that beautifully. Wow. Yeah. No, it's 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. And watching you, um, like the way that you talk about travel, right, mm-hmm. uh, and the things that that I suppose you're willing to sacrifice, mm-hmm. you could see that it, that it almost gives you some kind of like uh, exuberance or excitement. And with that, 
like possibilities become endless and then mm-hmm. goals regardless of how long or how mighty that they may seem mm-hmm. are attainable totally and that's exciting yeah super exciting <laughs> isn't it amazing yeah like it's just yeah it's hugely eye-opening and so when you were experiencing these uh these cultures what was it like like uh what, so where did you travel to, and what were the distinct features of those cultures? Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> um, so I started in France. I mainly just went to Paris. I stayed four days in Paris, which I feel like was a little too much, mm-hmm. but it was it was okay. I met a really great gal. Her name's Verity. Mm. She, calling her out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she is from Australia. Wow. Super cool. We, like, totally hit it off. It was funny because I was side tangent um i was wearing chacos because mm-hmm. what else are you gonna wear in europe yes. and um i only have a backpack like how much can i fit in here <laughs> so i basically wore chacos the entire time because they're mm-hmm. comfy and they're you know flexible <laughs> so she said like as soon as she saw my chacos because i think i was like totally passed out like my first day of travel just got in paris like passed out and she said she saw my chacos and she instantly knew that i was american what? And I was like, really? <laughs> Why is that? She's like, I don't know. We just don't have these. How do you call it? And she's like trying to say. It was so cute. I was like, really? It's like, well, you should look them up because they're fantastic. <laughs> and I made her try them on. She's like, these are great. You converted her. <laughs> totally converted her. She's American now. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I stayed in Paris for four days. And um, it was so, like I didn't feel super safe there. It's mm-hmm. very known for pickpocketing, mostly because it's a super touristy place, and there's a lot of homeless there. So, mm. like, that's their job. Like, they can take your purse out of your bag, unzip your bag, take the purse out, take your whatever they want out of your purse, wallet, mm-hmm. said, put it back in your bag, and zip it up, and you'll never know. What? Like, I mean, they are phenomenal. Wow. They do this for their life. And so you're walking down, like, streets... Um, right? And mm-hmm. are they bustling streets filled with uh, lots of people? I wouldn't say like New York bustling. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Well, yeah. Probably like Seattle. Mm, like Seattle. Know? Okay. Yeah. Depends where exactly you're at. So mm-hmm. we, my hostel was a couple miles away from like downtown. So like the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we took the bus. Which was super cool. We took like a double-decker bus. Never been on one of those. That oh, those me. are cool. I... <sighs> I was getting on the bus, first day, you know, noob here, mm-hmm. getting on the bus, and a bee stung me on my butt. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to sit on that, and it was like 95, sweltering, yeah, so that was my first day in Paris. It welcomed me quite well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's just kind of like random weird occurrences throughout <laughs> there, but oh my gosh, the architecture is just amazing. They love gold. French really? people love gold. Yeah. How, how so? In what way? Just like every, it's everywhere. Wow. On everything. It's, it's everywhere. I think they have a gold paint that they just paint everything with. I'm like, surprised <laughs> the homeless weren't like trying to chip it away off yeah, the, the right? facade. <laughs> Like, yeah, but the the museums were amazing. I definitely cried in a few of the museums. I cried when I went to the Notre Dame. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was so moving mm-hmm. to just walk in there and, like, they're singing and it's dark and it's candlelit and there's the stained glass and it's sunny. So all you see is the stained glass, like, sun oh. coming through it with the purple and the green and the blue and the red and all the colors. And there's just this woman singing 
with an organ playing, Why? and everybody's just silent, and there's like candles hanging from the from the ceilings, and it's just like, oh, it's so moving. That's impressive. It's so moving. Wow. And you know you can you can light your candle, say your prayer, and leave your candle. There's even like um oh gosh what are they called confession. There's a confe- There's a there is a, a confession box is it with a, a yeah it's a priest it? yeah okay yeah so there was a priest in there he had the hat whoa in the confession box I won't touch the hat you could go in there I don't know what, what? The hat. yeah <laughs> yeah I didn't go in there wow I had nothing to confess um, <laughs> are you sure no, I'm sure. no, no, no. Um, you'll never know um, but yeah Notre Dame was amazing wow. super cool and museums are really cool how how large were the ceilings like are they like a oh, story or two stories they're like three stories whoa it's, I mean it's up there it's way up there and it's just so like I walk into these places and you look around and you can't even take in the architecture it's so detailed and just ornate, and it's just, you can't see it all, mm-hmm. you know? And you're just standing there thinking, you know, this is hundreds and hundreds of years old, and it's it's here, and it's real, and I'm in it. And think about all the people that have passed through here. Oh, that's impressive. All of the people that have been here. And just ba- imagine it back in its day. <sighs> what oh. I wouldn't give. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was amazing. I cried in some of the museums. You just... You know, and I definitely, going into this, I was like, you, you, you're an emotional person, but you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but there was just, there was some places that just get you. Mm-hmm. And you just sit there and you take it in and you just think, I did it. I'm here. Uh-huh. And imagine who else has been here and what has happened here. And it's just, That's it's so, so surreal. Moving. It's so moving. It's incredible. The uh-huh. feeling that you get from that is just... It's amazing. That's cool, especially that stained glass too. Oh, That'd the stained so glass beautiful. is just forget. Ah, oh, forget about it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the Gothic architecture is something I've been so fascinated oh, about. There's like some cathedrals, uh, but they're not even they're not old. Mm-hmm. In uh, Spokane, Washington, yeah. and just looking at those, like I would I would take my son down there Nothing and now. yeah. We just stare at him for hours, but yeah. I've always wanted to go over there oh and, and admire I the architecture. Show you some pictures too, because like they put faces. There's really big, big into faces really? in France. Yeah, so there's just faces everywhere. But it, they're so they look so real. It's insane. And when you walk into the Notre Dame, there's this huge archway that's just I don't know, like thirty feet wide, Whoa. and it's just faces. All of these faces in. I don't know, cement, concrete, whatever they use. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just oh, it's so crazy to think about how they did that. Wow. And like, what what were you sitting on? Yeah. You didn't have ladders back then, did you? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the methods that they would use to be able to craft something like that. And the technology like that? that we have now and the fact that we don't do anything like no, that. We do like, everything so that we have utilitarian. Is yeah, which is super cool. Like, I mm-hmm. like our modern stuff. It's cool. But... You would think <laughs> that we would have something ornate like that doesn't, somewhere. Doesn't it go back to what you were saying, though, earlier, which is um, when you do things uh, for, like, instead of indulging in the mm. moment, right, and mm-hmm. taking in the moment, it's more like, uh, like this needs to get done, yeah. and then now this needs yeah. to get done. And that's, that's how you build a building, which is like, this is how you build a building well, as yeah. opposed to, this is how you build it beautifully. And I mean, That's there's true. beautiful architecture, but mostly all of our buildings are built well, not beautifully. Whereas by the sound of that, it sounds like almost every building there was the thought of aesthetics first. Right. 
This is totally true. Wow, nail on the head on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally... Because, you know, back then, they were just thinking about the prince. Mm. And the Renaissance, too, I think, at the time. And, like, there was such mm-hmm. a, hu- a high indulgence in uh, aesthetics. Uh, even, like, what... Bef- I'm, I don't have any timelines at all, but, like, mm-hmm. even before then, when they would uh, do, like, the Peridio... Met- or, not the Peridio, but the, the golden... It was something in architecture to where what they would do, and this is way back in the time, mm-hmm. b- back in the day, uh, within Greece, right? And they made the Pantheon or the Parthenon. Yeah, Parthenon. And it's the, it yeah, I think it's Parthenon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they make it bow, and oh. it's it's not straight. And the reason why they make it bow is because by the eye, it makes it look straight. If you make it look straight, it, yeah, it, it doesn't look like correct. And when we build something, it's like, well, does it straight? Can it, straight. Is there it, a level? Exactly. Yeah, level. let's put a level on there. <laughs> I don't care if it looks straight. And then, can it survive an earthquake? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all about quantity. Yeah, it's yeah, all about quantity quality. and quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't even think about it like that. That's so true. Yeah, but we walked through like. The Louvre, which I mapped it. It was eight miles. We walked Ooh. eight miles in the Louvre, which is this Doing big some castle. Doing urban hiking. No, oh my God. Is it a big right. castle? It's a castle. It is, like, Napoleon was there and Prince Harry. Is that old? Not Prince Harry. <laughs> Prince Harry. <laughs> what was his name? Gosh. Charles? I'm no. totally drawing a blank. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to come back 20 minutes later. I'm going to remember his name. But. He was there. <laughs> At any rate, it's a castle, and it used to be, you know, a big rectangle, but they, the during the war, the one side got blown up, so they just, like, did away with it, like, no more, okay, whatever, and now we're just going to build it in a museum. And so, yeah, so you walk through this castle, three floors. There's more floors, but there's only three that you can go on. And it's just, I mean, it's got the Mona Lisa in it, you know? That's Which, rad. Mona Lisa is mm-hmm. tiny. Do you know how big Mona Lisa is? No, how big is Mona Lisa? It's like the size of this table, which is what, like two what? by four? Yeah, two by four. Well, I you think could be an architect. It's probably smaller than this, actually. Wow. Yeah, and so we knew it was the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. because there was a crowd of people, like <laughs> 50 feet deep. Like you could not. Oh my god. And my little Australian friends, Ver- friend Verity, she's great. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm waiting for this picture. She smaller than me. She got to the front. Whoa. All the, she snaked her way up there. I lost her. I was like, I think I really lost her this time. Because, uh-huh. you know, you're in France. You lose each other every once in a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really thought I lost her. <laughs> in the mob of people. I was not that determined. Yeah. Too many people. I, like, zoomed in and took a picture. <laughs> and then I took a video of all the people. Like, this oh, is wow. way more memorable. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how many people, like, w- would gather for that and the value of, yeah, that that crowd. Yeah. And you, you guys hung out and mm-hmm. explored? That's oh, yeah. Cool. We spent the entire, all four days. 24-7. Wow. We were together 24-7. Did you expect that to happen? No. Wow. I'm really glad it did, though, because I definitely would have never done that by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have done, I mean, I did do all the other places that I went by myself, but mm-hmm. Paris, I would not do that by myself. Being from another culture, did she um, did she, did she carry herself differently and approach things differently yes. than you? She's very confident. But wow. she'd, already, she'd been traveling for like a month. Really? Yeah. Wow. And she was with her boyfriend until about two weeks before that. And then, yeah, and then she was solo. 
Ooh, in not a negative way? Or? No, oh, okay. no, he went to school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, that would suck. I've seen people do that in climbing where they go oh, climb together no. and then they'll like break up mid climb and I'm like, mid climb? Yeah, yeah. No. That happened to me when I climbed Liberty Bell Whoever off Highway that? 20. Oh, no, I went there. That's not- when we, I'm gonna hijack your story, and I'm sorry, no, but no, I want to hear this. Story. We went, we went to, uh, we were driving down Highway 20, and we went to climb Liberty Bell. Yeah. It's like a, a an 11 pitch climb. Um, yeah, and it, it's beautiful up there. Rough. And there, we would go up there, and we were following. There's couple was behind us, mm-hmm. and we're climbing up this goalie, right? And we get up to the pitch. And they're kind of debating on, like, which way to go and stuff. And she's like, I want to lead lead the pitch. When you trad climb, right, you, you have the gear and you, you place the gear. And whoever leads, um, if they don't place it properly, they can get really hurt. Um, however, the person who's, like, belaying and managing the rope below, mm-hmm. um, they have their life in their hands. But if they mess up on the trad, that the belayer doesn't get hurt at all. So whatever the lead person does is not responsible for the belayer. So he's, she's like, I want to lead these climbs. He's like, well, those are a little bit hard pitches, so I don't think so. He's like, maybe you can do the easier ones. And she's like, uh, I don't really like that. And she's like, push back a little bit. And he's just like, listen, you, you can do the easier ones. Trust me. And then, so they end up doing it. They get up Trying on the... Trying to sleep your life, bro. Yeah, exactly. They get up on the first pitch. <laughs> and... Um, once my, my climbing partner, he's, he's leading, he gets up there and like, is that the one with the, with the girl? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's leading and she wanted to, okay, got it. And then, um, so they're, they've now managed the rope. They do the first pitch. Both of them are up there on like the platform. You're going to do the second pitch. Mm -hmm. And then I'm down here at the base and the goalie belaying my friend as he's leading the climb to go to the top of the pitch where they're at as well. Mm -hmm. And he gets up there taking a long time. And then I get up there. I'm like, uh, he, he sets his anchor and then he, he, I'm on top rope and then I climb all the way up and I meet him up there and the couple's gone. I'm like, what happened? He's like, dude, they were up here fighting, like yelling at each other. And then once I got up here, they kind of got quiet. And they're like, you could take, you, I, I'll take my gear. You take your gear. You can send me the pictures and we're done. And there's 11 pitches. They stopped at pitch one and went down. And yeah, and they were, they flew out to go and do this from Vermont. And yeah. <gasps> Shut that front door. I know, right? And there was um, some Kiwis from New Zealand and they were, Kiwis. they were climbing. They're badass. Kiwis. I love all Kiwis. I know. Shout out to Paz. Cause he had like some of the, I wear spats and sometimes I get a little weird about it. Cause people, I like stretchy shit so I can do the splits wherever I want. Um, and Paz had floral print like your grandmother's couch. Like Lulu? Yes. Yes. And I'm like, dude, you are awesome. I love you. You're in my clan. And we told him about <laughs> the, the couple. And he's like, yeah, yesterday we were out here climbing. And there was a couple where uh, you have to pull the rope off one of the anchors. And, you know, it falls. And you have no... Uh, control over where it yeah, falls and it hits him and he's like he just starts screaming at this girl it was a separate couple screaming at this girl and then they break up and i'm like Ooh. so luckily that didn't happen to your friend <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh yeah. i couldn't even imagine i feel like rock climbers are so like you know mostly they are most of them most they of the ones are. i've met are Pretty mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. That's a little much. That's know? what I'm that's saying. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you yeah. Doing? Like, what, what? No. 
because you have the other person's hands in your life, and it's like... Your life is literally at stake. Exactly. Can we just save this yeah. for the car ride home? Yeah. Who's <laughs> menu? You'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god. And, and then on a side note, I don't like don't like not white knighting or any of that bullshit. Yeah. However, <laughs> if someone wants to lead a fucking trad climb, so be it. It's your life. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. just because you're competent, right? She's been climbing for that lady. Yeah. I was talking to her when she was belaying the guy up. Uh-huh. She's been climbing for six years. <laughs> and that's yeah. Yeah, she would. She had all the skills to get up there, but yeah, I know. You got it. Just go for it. That's what I'm talking about. But if you die, you die. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, even with that, that, like, there's been people where they drop like, uh, you know, like 30 feet. Yeah. Which is, by the way, for trad climbing, um, as long as you you study and um, you you're focused, you pay attention. um, Mm -hmm. Really, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's it's very unlikely. but people who deck at like thirty feet, mm-hmm. they get back up and they climb again. It's like, yeah. So it's you know, it's not that risky. Yeah. But yeah, but it's just the thought. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, just the that thought. That it could happen. Yeah. You know, it's all the could. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But wow. you, so you spent all your time in uh, in in Paris. I did. Yeah, I didn't really go. I was considering going to Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, What's for Lyon? Lyon is in France. So the only place I went in France was Paris. Um, so I was kind of considering going to Lyon, which is in the southern part of France, um, down by Italy. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the main reason I didn't go to Lyon was because I was really excited for Switzerland. And I just couldn't hold it mm. in anymore. <laughs> so Switzerland been something that you've always wanted to travel to? No. Oh, no. wow. What excited you about Switzerland before you went? You know, actually, I wasn't really excited about it until I got there. Like, previ- prior to, I was like, Switzerland's going to be cool. You know, it's going to be a lot of good hikes. And mm-hmm. when I looked up the town that I was staying in, Zermatt, and it's like this very, it's, Leavenworth is literally a joke. I'll just say that <laughs> compared. And I used to put, I mean, Leavenworth was on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. No. So what Leavenworth is, uh, has heavy Swiss culture in yes. it, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So Zermatt is this little town in Switzerland and it's in the middle of the Alps and it has the Matterhorn in it, which is like one of the tallest, you know, Alps Whoa. There is out there, and I met a guy, met a Kiwi. What? Yeah, shout out to Kiwi. Shout out to Kiwi, Brandon. Hey, yeah. um, God, he was so great. We had some great conversations. He was just the coolest dude. Anyways, he climbed that shit. What? And let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I come in to Zermatt. This is totally like bypassing the rest of my story, but mm-hmm. I got from Paris to Zermatt, so that's all you really need to know. Uh, I get to Zermatt. It's 12 o'clock at night, okay? I've been traveling a while. And um, I get in, and it's just beautiful. It's cold. Mm-hmm. Cold. Oh, really? <laughs> it was so cold when I got For there. For someone who doesn't like the heat, that's surprising. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I just come from, like, 95 degrees, mm-hmm. and then I got there, and I it was probably, like, 40. Whoa. Like, maybe even, I don't know. Maybe it was, like, 50, and I'm just over-exaggerating. But I was <laughs> freezing when I got off that train. And I'm, like, walking through this town that is legit, like, old Swiss town. And it's beautiful. And every corner, there's a hiking store and, like, climbing store. And it's just, it was amazing. And um, and I get down to this 
little area that's a bridge goes over this little river. It's just like so much like Leavenworth. It's crazy, but it's way better. <laughs> Anyways, and I'm I'm starting to go over this bridge, and I look over, and I see all these headstones. And I was like, Ooh. what's going on here? I'm like, I'm weird. I like cemeteries. I really like really? Going, like checking out cemeteries. Oh, I think wow. it's really interesting. Um, I really like reading headstones. I don't know why. That's I just cool. Think it's amazing. Like kind of like an insight into the culture. That yeah. Came yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like instantly. It's midnight, and I'm gonna walk through this dark cemetery. Let's go. <laughs> so I walk down there. There's nobody around. Like, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. And. It's everyone, well, not everyone, but majority of the people who have tried climbing Matterhorn. Wow. They have a cemetery in the middle of the town for, specifically, for people who try to climb Matterhorn because it's so incredibly dangerous. That's cool. It's amazing. Totally amazing. Not what my family said when I sent them those pictures, but <laughs> they're like, why did you go to the cemetery? And I'm like, because it was cool. Um yeah, so actually, there was a race, there was a run, like mm-hmm. a ultra run going on. I had no idea about it. Um, but so I, like, creak up this hostel that is just, like, literally this wooden cabin, and it's beautiful. And everything makes the world of noise when you take a step. It's like the earth is shattering, and it's midnight. And I got all my crap. And then I get up. I'm on the top floor, of mm-hmm. course. And you gotta, like, duck your head. I hit my head because, like, the ceiling's super low. Oh, my. And you're short, too. And I'm wow. short. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I get up there. And I can't see Jack. And there's mm-hmm. no lights. Oh. And I'm just. I think there's actually. There was one light in that room, but it was on the other side of, like, my bed. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really see even when the light was on. So I'm like. Do I turn on the flashlight on my phone? Or do I just use, like, the screen from my phone? Because everybody's passed out, right? Mm-hmm. It's midnight. And so I get in there, and it was just so loud. And we had these lockers. They were, like, aluminum tin lockers. And they just, you know. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even bother changing. I didn't bother. I just put my stuff on the ground, and I went to bed. <laughs> that is what happened that night. Um and then I started meeting some of the other people. Like, I think the first day I didn't really meet too many. But when I got back from my hike, I met quite a few. Mm-hmm. So there was an ultra run going on. And pretty much everyone, I was in an eight-bed mixed storm in that one. And um, pretty much majority of people were doing the run. Mm-hmm. And they had come back from their run. They were like, oh, my God, that was insane. And I had seen them out running. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, you guys did the run. That's so cool, you know. <laughs> and then there was this other guy that I totally thought was doing the run. And he was talking to... Because my side of the room only had my bed and then mm-hmm. one other bed. And I was like, sweet, like, yes! I got the best side of the room. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and I had a window and it was just was totally like planned that. <laughs> Definitely did not. Um, so I thought this guy was part of the run. Well, anyways, so chat and chat and chat. And then I had kind of like gotten into conversation with both of them. And then the runner guy left and um, started talking to this guy. And turns out. He's not a runner, and he's climbing the Matterhorn tomorrow. And I was literally, like, mind blown. (laughs) I just met someone who's going to be climbing the Matterhorn, which has been the screensaver on my phone since I've come here. Like, No way. So freaking cool. I was so stoked. But I was going to be leaving by the time he came back, Mm because he was leaving the next day to go stay at base camp. And then the next morning, he's going to come up, and then the next night, or climb it, and then the next night, he'd be back. And I was going to be leaving. Well, I decided to stay another day, because Switzerland's amazing. So, I'm on the phone with my mom, and I told her, like, oh my gosh, I hope he comes back. Like, mm-hmm. 
I just want him to be alive. Like, <laughs> that's all I want right now. No more tombstones. Yeah. And we were chatting about something else, and then all of a sudden he came up, and he was like, Sally, let's go get a beer. And I was like, you're alive. I'm so happy. <laughs> he was so cool. Yeah, he's truly amazing man. Him and his wife both are just like, I've never met his wife, but she's awesome. I already <laughs> love her. Paul Aaron's Yes. Instagram. Yeah, so he... Um, from New Zealand, and he lives in New York with his wife. Whoa. Funny story. He met his wife at the same hostel that I stayed at in Paris. What? Yeah. That's wild. I know. Like <laughs> three years ago or something like that. Wow. So he was a, quite a traveler. So get this. Even cool. Tell him this guy's story because it's way cooler than mine. Uh, he met this chick in Paris in this hostel, and he was cycling through Europe. He bought a bike and was just, like, doing it, cycling through Europe. And she's like, I've always wanted to do that. So they've known each other for three days now, and they go find her a bike, and they go cycle Europe together. How? And now they're married. Oh, that is rad. That's spontaneous. How cool is that? Yes. I want to meet a Kiwi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, though. When I met Paz, I was like, well, so I'm going to come up to Canada, and we're going to be neighbors. Dude, they're amazing. Yeah, so, and he actually works... Um, on, on a mine in Australia. So he'll go work like six, seven months out of the year and then come back and travel and support his wife. And like, oh. she's got her own Poshmark business and stuff. She's just great. She's amazing. That's it's wild. Just, they were just, and it's so amazing to meet somebody and know how strong that relationship is mm-hmm. with not even seeing the other person. Mm-hmm. When you see that, that is something else. I've never it, seen that. Yeah. It's when it just amazing. comes through conversation oh like that. Oh my gosh. And it's like. I just want something like that. Yeah. I just want that. Yeah, to have that bond like that. To have that, like, to know how much he loves her and Mm -hmm. how much he supports her. And she's not even there. Wow, that's so cool. It's just, it's it's great. I love that. And that speaks to that that experience you'd have with with a male, right? Mm -hmm. In a scenario where you've never been somewhere and you're able to just connect with them as a person. Yeah. And that is so cool. Yeah. So it's those kind of people that you meet when you're traveling that you're just like, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, you just get to have those conversations. And yeah, we had some great conversations. It was really, it was really neat. Well, that's rad. Yeah. So. Especially climbing the Matterhorn. I know. And he climbed it. He climbed it. He climbed it. And I said that like five times. Yeah. (laughs) He he climbed it. And he told me that there was like three groups that were guided Mm -hmm. that went up that turned around. And we're like, bro, you should probably shouldn't. Like, it's too dangerous today. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so he went anyways. And so then he got to the top, and there was another guy, he's German, came up from the other side, and they met, and they're the only, I think they were the only two up there. Whoa. And he was like, dude, are you alone? He's like, yeah, are you alone? And he's like, yeah. And they just, like, high five, and, like, they're on top of a freaking... Wow, that's so cool. Foot mountain yeah, whatever. that mountain is such a high front of prominence. All it is is just a stone slab. Like when I saw that picture that you threw up, yep. I was like, dang, that, I would want to climb that. Yeah. That is beautiful. Climb that shit, right? Oh, yeah. Climb that like a tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, super cool. So then I guess, I think the German guy ended up coming down with him on that side. So he mm-hmm. hiked from the Italian side. Mm-hmm. I think, like, he did some crazy long hike and was doing a loop. Whoa, like, really? Through, yeah. That's rad. Yeah. And there's a lot of hiking out there? So much hiking. Oh. So much 
so much hiking. It's beautiful. And there's all kind of levels too, which is mm-hmm. really nice. And that's uh that's somewhere that I really wanted to go because they they call the Northern Cascades the American Alps for mm-hmm. for you to be able to cuz you can see rows upon rows upon rows of mountains. Right. But I'd imagine it would pale in comparison to the Swiss Alps. Yeah, the Swiss Alps are just like you can't you that's can't incredible. compare anything to I mean, they're so massive. Mhm. The North Cascades are like hills. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing some hikes up there. It's be- I mean, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. It is beautiful. And it is the Alps of Washington. But mm-hmm. they're, they're literally just little little toes. Yeah. They're just little mountains compared to that. It's mm-hmm. just, it's unreal. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I saw, go- I, I'm like huge on, I love goats. Oh, like goats is in um, farmer's goats or goats is in just like mountain goats. goats. Yeah. Mostly I like mountain goats. I love farmer's goats, but mostly mountain goats. Mountain goats and, and rams. I saw, I saw an Ibex what? on my hike and it was the coolest thing. So ever. Ibex are the ones where their horns go straight up and then they spiral almost yes. like a DNA helix, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Dude, those look like something out of a fairy tale book. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, so I was along this, um, I came up to the mouth of a glacier, and there's, like, the river running down, and it was on one side, and you can't hear anything, because the river's so loud, and I'm just, you know, trot along, and then I look up, and there's this ibex on this <laughs> rock, and it's, like, 30 feet away from me, and I literally just stopped and was like, <gasps> hey, buddy. <laughs> like, How you doing? How's it going? Like, oh, let me just take some pictures of you real quick. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, you just stay right there now. <laughs> yeah. He's hanging out on that rock. He's coming out with me. Yeah, coming out with me. He was so cute. He was just grazing. Oh, wow. It was super cool. It was amazing. That is rad. Yeah. And All kind of wildlife is rad. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Especially when you're, you know, when you're backpacking like that. And mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things is like elk, for instance. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Like I've learned how to elk call. Uh, really? Yeah. My son and I, it, yeah, it's fun. <gasps> that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's so cool. And the amount of like, um, like the, the different calls that they have because you could do like location bugles and stuff and like a uh, cow uh, where the cows try to like round up the harem for the bowl. Yeah. And yeah, they have their own like kind of language. It's It's cool. That's nuts. I would mm-hmm. love to learn that. Yeah, it, That's it's super fun. cool. I'm and pretty sure, I was on my hike, when was that, last week? Lake Anne, a mm-hmm. um, week or two ago. And we were coming over a little creek co- crossing, and I had heard, like, I heard something, and I thought, it's just a creek, and I kind of kept mm-hmm. walking. I'm pretty sure it was a herd of elk, like, running Whoa. through the woods, like, just above us. And oh, we're kind wow. of just, like, on the side of the mountain, but in the woods. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know. Straight up and straight down on either side. And um, I, it just occurred to me then, like, I have never thought of that. Yeah. What happens if a herd of elk just come down this mountain right now? Yeah. I'm screwed. Yeah. Totally screwed. Like, there's nothing I can do mm-hmm. to save myself. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just getting trampled. Yeah. yeah. That kind of instilled some fear in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I'd imagine, like, like hearing those hooves mm-hmm. just thundering. I was like, oh. Yeah. I know what that means. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't have anything like that happen though in Switzerland. Thank God. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. Like that I imagine yeah, a lot of goats up there. That's what I often find like high that's outside. That's the only goat I saw. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. I saw a lot of tourists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, but it's 
when you're in Switzerland, is it a lot of it's like uh, how is the the forest management there? Is it the same as it is here? Like how we have our trails and stuff like that? Oh my gosh, their trails are amazing. Really? Like they're so well marked, it's almost irritating. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know how that <laughs> like, is. It's just like I don't even know where all those trails go. Like yeah. what? I need a map. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I had, I had a map, but mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, yeah. It there, it's and you'd be way out there, mm-hmm. way out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a sign. Wow, Perfect, really? Perfectly, just like a little road sign, and it's got the trail. Except their trails, like their trail signs, don't always go the same direction in the trail. Mm-hmm. They just go in the general vicinity. Yeah, like that away. Messed me up once or twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but there's five. <laughs> you know, like, what do you do when there's that many? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of break out the ruler and the measuring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Switzerland, hiking in Switzerland is something else. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's just amazing. So after Switzerland, then you went off to Italy? Yeah. So after Switzerland, I went to uh, Venice, mm-hmm. which was kind of like Paris in a way for me. Oh, really? Just because... I'm not a city person, so and I didn't really think about that beforehand. You 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 tend to really enjoy exploring the, the wilderness areas more yeah. so than you would the the urban areas. Yes, that, most and, definitely. And did you realize that on your trip, um, more, or did you think you would like the urban areas just as much? I thought I would like the urban areas, which mm. I did. I just think that I would need less time. Yeah. Like I didn't think about the time. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. I feel like I could have done that a little bit better. Yeah. But I knew, like, I've always been, like, not a city person, not mm-hmm. an urban person at all. I can't do it. I just can't. As much as I try, can't do it. And, but I knew that there was going to be so much to look at. Mm-hmm. And there is, mm-hmm. but you can fit so much into a day. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you can fit into a day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I compromise on sleep, too, yeah, for it. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and when you're traveling, you're going to be up at, like, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to bed at, like, midnight because mm-hmm. you're traveling exactly. and you only have so much time. you got to live it up. you got to live it up. So, so, yeah, but Venice was pretty cool. It was mm-hmm. pretty neat. Did you get a um, ride within, like, the boats and the canals and stuff? Yeah, so those are super expensive. Um, <laughs> so it's, like, tourist in that sense, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, like, $100 for 30 minutes. Whoa! Yeah. And I that's, like, 100 euros, guys. so it's a little bit more than that. Wow. Yeah. And in terms of eating, too, is it more expensive when you go into those urban areas as opposed to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what else, What did you do in Venice? So in Venice, um, I made a few friends in Venice. I was pretty stoked about that. There were some people that I didn't think I was going to be friends with that I turned out to be really, like, we turned out to have quite a bit in common, and I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting that at all. Oh, that's awesome like, to be surprised like that. Yeah, and then turned out we were, like, almost the same person, so that was kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm like, but you're not, but you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. But just another thing that you know you just you don't expect those things and you're out there so you're gonna put yourself in those positions more mm-hmm. yeah you know? you're gonna get to know those people because why not be uncomfortable a little more and yeah. just yeah explore yeah and my hostel in venice was amazing really? it was the nicest thing i've been in like <laughs> hotel i mean you could fit like eight people in the shower it was literally a room you just walked in wow. and it was a room and it's all tile everything's tile you know <sighs> And then there's this shower head that was literally like 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, what is that, two feet? Yes, two know. feet. Huge. That's crazy. I could like, wash a horse in there. You, oh my, <laughs> you could do so much. And there is a handle, the arm wand, you know? Yeah. So you got the big, and you got the wand. What? That's rad. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like Not a lot of shelving, though. Really? Yeah, so you kind of had to be. You got to be, you got to be very, very, wait. Yeah, just the one soap. Just the one soap? Just the one soap. I'd imagine the hair, they don't use hair care products there. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. Oh, yeah, they do. I didn't buy any of them. Uh, that's not true. I did. Yeah. Oh. I haven't used it yet, but I got like this, um, this eco-friendly shampoo. Ooh. I got it in like the co-op of Paris. It was they have funny. co-ops? It was literally like the co-op of Mount Vernon <laughs> in Paris, and I felt so at home. It was so fantastic. That is rad. Like, you walk in, there's just walls of seeds. You don't even know what they're for. Yeah. There's just walls of them. Oh, my God. Like seed bank. Yeah. Super cool. But, yeah, so it's like this eco-friendly shampoo, and it's just like a bar of soap, but it's in a circle. And then you just, I imagine you do one of these, Uh you know, and just kind of get it in there. Yeah. You do the the pat the head, and then you... Yeah. Yeah. You do the spider fingers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really cool. I didn't try that out, though. But, yeah, so my hostel in Venice was amazing. It's just like plush. Like, it's white and clean. And was that um, indicative of the culture there and their values? Like, were you able to see that in Venice or in Italy as it was? Does, does that make Europe sense? Europe is very clean. It is? Europe, you Cleaner than people, here? Oh, my God, yes. Really? I mean, it may stink mm-hmm. in some parts, <laughs> but it is clean. There are people out there 24-7 with their little broom and their dustpan. I mean, it's like Disneyland. Not, it is literally <laughs> Disneyland everywhere. I mean, there is not a thing of garbage wow. anywhere you go. And they're huge on recycling. I could not figure it out. That's a trip. They have like five bins. And I'm like, where <laughs> does this go? I know compost. That's about it. Yeah. And recycle and garbage. Like, what are these other ones for? There's like plastic, there's paper, there's cardboard, there's compost, there's garbage. There's just, I don't even know. That is insane. Yeah. Straw bin. Yeah. So, there was a straw bin. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, there was. Oh, <laughs> you it's wild. It. Yeah. No, yeah. Europe is super clean. Wow, that's cool. Very, very. And I think that speaks a lot even to their architecture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went, after Venice, I went to Tortaldo, and there was, that's like that little small town in Tuscany. And I went to a medieval city that was San Gimignano. Ooh. And I think it's 11th, it might be 12th century. Wow, that's yeah. old. Yeah, I mean, come on. They've made this thing last since the 11th and 12th that century. That's impressive. If you can do that, you can just about do anything. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> They just, they take care of things, and they treasure it, and mm-hmm. they just, they really care. Wow, and, and like the, um, what is it, like culture, I, I would imagine. I think it's so based out of culture. That's interesting. Because they, you know, ancestry. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it. That's their ancestors' home. Mm-hmm. They're going to take care of it, because that culture is instilled in them that this is what you do. And that's interesting, because we come from a place, right, where when we come over here, and mm-hmm. then we uh, we create this society. It's like that's, melting pot. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, what, 300 years old? Mm-hmm. And so, somewhere right around there, right? And, and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's, like, keeping, there isn't these, like, ancestral buildings that that we keep right. up and like so much so we're here in like skagit county right we see all the barns yeah 
And there's there's a heart. legislation that not legislation but like a grant that's getting put out where people will help pay farmers to uh, keep the barns around. And but what you that. what you see is and it's that idea though is is like um, back in back in the day, from my understanding, in this culture, um, people would go there for like gatherings, and that's where people would would come together in the community, mm-hmm. and they wanted to, they want to keep that. However, like that's not something that's um, bred into our culture and i don't think it's like oh that's bad i think it's different right it's different and i do value i like those barns by the way i'm not saying like you know we should be different but Mm. um you see it in like a lot of the things within our ingenuity and all this other kind of stuff where it's like you know innovation 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 Mm -hmm. however there is something to be said for that for like retaining some level of culture uh whether it's like cathedrals for instance Mm -hmm. or old barns yeah Definitely. For as far as it goes for us, though, I think to the extent is is barns because it's all we have. Yeah, I mean at least for it's, us or pueblos, I suppose, in like the south. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, where they you know they and they build it off of like uh, the Native Americans down in the south, sure. where they build the mud, mud houses and stuff. Yeah. But I mean like. I, I don't mean to, to denigrate it or put mm-hmm. it down, but that's not a cathedral. Like, I mean, it's... Right. Yeah. That it's, has it's, some other purpose other than... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like this big imposing it's structure. Like a cultural purpose. But right. fire lookouts, right? <laughs> arguably enough, might be a similar I thing. I feel like we could put that on the same list. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Those are badass. In our perspective. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a huge thing that I... Like, one of the biggest things I took away from that was just the culture differences. Mm -hmm. Like, instantaneously, when I landed back in America, it was so different. Wow. It was so, like, it was so obvious, first Mm -hmm. off. And second off, it was just different. Yeah, wow. And it made me want to go back, honestly. So, I do want to be respectful of your time, Sally. So, what's next? What's next? Yeah, where do you want to go next? Ooh, should I tell you <laughs> or not? <laughs> okay, well, I've got a couple of places, mm. so I haven't decided, so I'll Ooh. just give you a list. Um, my first idea was Norway and Iceland. That was, like, my go-to. That's Beautiful. definitely The Faroe Islands are yeah. supposed to be, yeah, about gorgeous. It. Yeah. Um, but I've got a... I've got a colleague who is traveling in Europe right now who actually like a couple of years ago did like the same trip I did oh. and now she's going back and doing a different one. Um, super cool. We're like the same person. I just met her. Like she just joined our practice and I'm like super excited. That's cool. Um, but she's in Austria right now. And I was told when I was in Europe um, that I would love Austria because mm-hmm. I like Switzerland. and I love hiking. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, Austria. <laughs> Norway, though. I'm going to Norway and Iceland, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, so, like, typical Sally, just like, no, nah, I'm going to Norway and Iceland. <laughs> I already decided. This is what I'm mind. doing. Don't even try to change my mind because <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> guess what? You already did. Um, <laughs> so she's been posting pictures of Austria, Ooh. and I am, like, dying over here. <laughs> like, it is stunning. Mm-hmm. It's on Swiss, like Switzerland on steroids. Oh, wow, really? It's just, it's beautiful. Like, Switzerland is beautiful, but it, it's, um, and it's a lot like here. Not mm-hmm. quite as rugged in the terms of, like, trees. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more barren mountains because it's Swiss, Alps, yeah. right? So, like, nothing grows yeah, up there. Rock, yeah, Yeah, a lot of rock. Um, but Austria is just trees and mountains and lakes, oh. and it's just, the hiking is insane. So, so Norway, Austria... Iceland, um, and Croatia. Mm, Croatia. Really want to do Croatia because it's super cheap. Yeah. And it's beautiful. 
Is Croatia, um, for lack of a better word, uh, third world or civilized? It's civilized. It's civilized. I think it. I think that's kind of new, though. Yeah. Okay. That's and I think it's going to be turning even more because mm-hmm. more and more people are finding out about it, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to turn into like a super popular place. So I want to yeah. go there before it does and, that. And it'd be interesting to see the transition as well. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then the Greek islands. The Greek islands. Oh yeah. You have to do that. Dude, that'd be beautiful. I don't know. And so what are you looking for now that you kind of refined, I guess, what you, what you're looking for and what you value in travel, mm-hmm. what is it that you're looking for now? Obviously that the extreme urban settings, like you, you like them. Yeah. But if you were to put them on a hierarchy, Right. Right. So it sounds like you really enjoy hiking and you really enjoy the wilderness. Yeah. So I'm going to do a lot more hiking probably on Mm -hmm. my trips. I'm going to base it more off of that because that's kind of what I was thinking when I was over there. Like, you know, you probably should have like next time Mm -hmm. you should focus on this. And that was kind of one of the big points was next time I need to do like what I know I want to do now. Mm -hmm. And that is finding those hikes and finding those crazy like backpacking adventures and yeah. like, hopefully integrating some climbing in there somewhere because I just got into rack climbing and I mm. really oh really oh I love it <laughs> but so but I'm not like fantastic at it by any means I need a lot of practice mm-hmm. um especially if I'm gonna go over there and do it by myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that'll come that'll come mm-hmm. so so yeah so just going over and just and the Dolomites that's like Oh, That's dude, on my list the Dolomites too, are beautiful. I've been uh, looking at that. And on, I like, almost Instagram. went there. Like yeah. I was in Switzerland, and the guy I met, the Kiwi, he was like, "You should go to the Dolomites." Here's the place I stayed. So I like Googled it, and I was like, "This is too stressful. I can't uh, do this." Yes. Like, Mid transition, you know? mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely want to go there. That's awesome. See, that's up there. where I'm at right now. Is like yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to do Tulum mm-hmm. or Tulum, and then I'm looking to go into Europe. And mm-hmm. after Europe, I want. Well, with my son, I, I'm learn, I'm figuring out how to trad climb. Well, my son's six, mm-hmm. and so I'm figuring out how to trad climb with him. Nice. And essentially, what that is is basically pulling him up the mountain. Oh. And, yeah, in between. <laughs> it's, yeah, because he can climb, but, I mean, if he gets to a point to where, like, he, he can't pull it off, mm-hmm. then I'm basically pulling him physically up, which... Nah, it's worth it. <laughs> Until he starts gaining some, yeah. gaining some muscle. Well, probably. When, once he gains, he's yeah, probably gonna be gaining a lot well, of muscle. Once he gains quickly. the muscle, he'll climb right up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I'm finding that that the things that I really enjoy, like mm-hmm. I would love to explore, like Vietnam, and to mm-hmm. watch um, how how it's transitioning over into not necessarily like a third world country to a civilized country, but how it's handling like the influx and impression yeah. from other cultures, for instance. Totally. And and the, like those are the things that that I obsess about, and I do like Europe, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like France. But I th- mm-hmm. I feel like I'd have a very similar experience to you, in, in that like I would love to see those things. Yeah, I ch- check those off, and I would integrate that experience Mm -hmm. but then i would find myself like in the wilderness or even in these other countries to where i'm like talking with people who who haven't um that it's not like a tourism like thing Mm -hmm. and trying to understand what that culture is like and to really try to feel it out and that's why like peru's been something that's been on my list and yeah and like bolivia and south america mm -hmm. chile oh yeah 
But be amazing. It's going to be a, a soft sell and a long, and that's my long approach. Because if I if I do end up taking my son, I have mm-hmm. summers. Uh, my mom or my son's usually at his mom's in the summers. Nice. And if as long as that goes to plan, I can do that. But if it doesn't, then I got like five years of traveling yeah. to prepare him for like long trips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you got it. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you on Instagram? Do you post about traveling and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Lonesome. I think it's Lonesome O Dove. Mm -hmm. Because Lonesome Dove was taken. Oh. I know. Who took that? I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. You got to reach out to them. (laughs) Yeah, reach out to them and say, why did you take my name? (laughs) How much money is this going to (laughs) cost? Yeah, so uh, Lonesome Lonesome O Dove um, on Instagram. You can find me there. Sweet. And I'll drop that in the show notes. Thank you very much, Sally. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, you can go check out Sally's photos from her adventure at lonesome O dove on Instagram. And I'll be sure to drop a link to her Instagram in the show notes. If you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, share it on You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you happen to listen to this. You can also pick up a flat bill on the website just to keep your dome nice and protected. I'm going to play you out with a song by Useful Jenkins called Just Waiting to Die. Till next time, y'all. Never slow down and you never go oh, There's a great big world just waiting to be whole But you're still lying around And the days fly by like a cloudy sky And you're glued to the TV, never blinking an eye And the world will keep changing time, passing you by But you're just waiting to die So won't you come outside This beautiful world just waiting for you And I know it might seem like it's all just a waste of time Sometimes, but you gotta decide Are you really alive? Or are you just waiting to die? Just waiting to die Once, well then I told you twice You never win a gun battle if you're bringing a knife And the truth that doesn't hurt you can spell it outright But it's just too easy to give up the fact to just place the blame Scream the name upon the crooked finger It's all the same, it's just a dirty little game We keep playing for dirty little eyes And a dirty little brains And it's hard to maintain when we're locked away Time to open up the door and come out to play Because the sun's in the sky and it's a beautiful day the world is wide open, hey, what do you say now? Are you really alive? Are 
while you're just waiting to die. Won't you come outside? There's a beautiful world and it's waiting for you. And I know it might seem like it's all just a waste of time. Sometimes but you gotta decide. Are you really alive? Or are you just waiting to die? Yeah.